You're listening to Rebel Radio. Do dope shit. What's cracking, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Rebel Radio. I am your host, Michael Patella, owner and founder of Common, and we are here with the second episode of the new year. So, Happy New Year to everyone who's listening in for the first time, and welcome. If you're on your way to work listening to us, or if you're on your way home from work, um, hope I can make your commute home or commute to work um, a little bit more entertaining than just the typical talk radio shit. Um, and if you're listening in from home, or if you're doing your home workout, or you're at gym workout, uh, thank you for listening and tuning in. Today's episode is a really good one. Um, I mean, I guess I got to say that because I am the host, but I think it's going to be uh, jam-packed full of value for you guys because we're going to talk about uh, a couple key things that um, people often keep asking me, and I thought today would be a good time to share my answer to that. But uh, to give you a little, little bit of rundown as to what uh, we're going to talk about in today's episode, uh, we're just going to kind of catch up with what's happening here at Common, what's happening in my world uh, this new year. Also, I'm going to talk about or a little more in depth about uh, one uh, uh, a post that I posted on Instagram uh, last week about uh, tempo work and why people should stop doing tempo work. And I'll give my explanation as to uh, why I think that and where tempo is useful for. So it's not a complete dud, but uh, I think people overprescribe it and overuse it um, to make their programs a little more fancier, which isn't always the best case. Uh, so we'll talk about that. And then, uh, we're going to get into the question of the week and, uh, we're going to talk all about macros. Uh, I had a question from one of our members here at common and they were asking me, you know, my thoughts on macros, if I count macros, um, and if I do, when do I do it? Uh, how do I transition from taking a break to doing it and all that stuff? So I'm, I'm going to dive deep into macros uh, and give you my opinions and, and my thought process as to how I do it for me personally. Um, and if this is something that, that you know, coincides with, with your goals and, and your way of thinking, awesome. If it doesn't, uh, please share your opinions and feedback. I, I am not a dietitian. I'm not a nutrition coach. It's out of my scope of practice. I just sort of um, uh, help guide my clients within a, a scope of practice that is very minimal when it comes to nutrition, more so kind of the whole macro thing, right? Like I, I like to help my clients with performance. Um, and with that is like your recovery, your sleep, your nutrition, but I don't really dive deep into like prescribing meal plans because that is not my scope of practice. I, I always have a good network of, of, um, of qualified dietitians and qualified nutrition experts that I sort of refer out to. So that's a little aside there. I am not a um, licensed dietitian. So don't take my advice as, uh, you know, rock solid um, advice. It's just my opinion. It is uh, what I do for myself. So uh, let's get into into today. Uh, uh, I can't even speak today, today Junior. Uh, let's get into today's episode. Today's episode um, is is just jam packed full of goodies, and let's talk about what's going on here at Common. Uh, it's January, and we're kind of hitting the ground running now. If you're in Ontario. Um, we, we didn't start the, the, the year off the right way. We went into lockdowns or like I, I, at this point, I don't even understand what the lockdowns mean. I guess just restaurants, there's no in-dining uh, for restaurants and then gyms are closed, but most are open. 
but they're saying they're closed, but they're really open with backdoor deals. So anyways, we're all fucking open and like, fuck all this shit that's going on. So, uh, so here at common, we had an influx of new members, which I got to tell you the vibe of these new members are like, is legit. Uh, I'm appreciative of, of all of them that, that signed up. Um, we had a big influx of just a good quality group of individuals that are seeking to better their mental health. They're seeking to better understand who they are as a human. And, and last but not least, they're here to put in work and and some of these dudes and dudettes are are putting in some quality work and it's inspiring for me and also the existing community um, to kind of get that good energy and that good vibe in this facility you know like we have a small membership base we're at capacity uh, we we have a very exclusive membership base where we don't really allow too many people in here because it is a smaller facility it is a smaller studio and we want it to have that exclusive um you know time where hey you, if you book in your time you can come in and, and get a quality workout and without having to wait for machines or equipment or or or, or, or stuff of that nature so um like very grateful for these humans to 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 jump on board with us and it's pretty neat to see that um that are people like that, that that have joined our community um kind of represent the brand like we're we're go-getters we're driven uh we're rebels right we we we, we want to better ourselves in a sense of like not being complacent not finding um the comfort zone we're, we're, we're all here to seek uh the best possible uh, possible self so pretty pumped about uh the new members and with that i'm also offering um you know like rebel series as as an adjunct program that they can do while they're here doing their own workouts, right? And then I've been putting a lot of effort uh, in the last few months, like really solidifying the Rebel Series program. And if, if you're brand new to my podcast or brand new to even just what Common is, um, and, and you probably hear me talk about uh, Rebel Series a lot. Our, our Rebel Series is our flagship um, program. It's an online-based um, uh, strength program that is delivered straight to your smartphone through our app, and you get weekly coaching touch points with me, which is really cool because um, how often do you get an online program where the coach is at your disposal, uh, you know, weekly, where you can, um, you know, ask your, you know, for opinions. You can get video feedback on your lifts if you're trying to perfect your your deadlifting, squatting, or bench, or any other lift for that matter. Um, and, and you can kind of bounce your ideas off of like how how you should recover, nutrition, and how to match your goals with our program. So it's a really good deal. It's seventy bucks a month. You can cancel anytime. And what's what's great about this program is that everybody starts from the foundation, right? So you don't, you don't just jump in and, and start on, you know, uh, month three of block one, uh, you start from the foundations and our foundations is a four week program to get you up to speed with the ins and outs of a strength program. So, uh, you know, we teach you all technique on the barbell bench press, the deadlift, the squat, um, and then we also introduce some accessory work so that way when you hit the ground running or, or, or when you start the actual strength program, you hit the ground running. And if you're asking like, well, like, is this for me? Is this not for me? Um, th th this program is designed for the intermediate lifter. So somebody who already understands how to navigate a gym, whether it's a strength facility or a commercial gym, or if you have a fully equipped home gym. Unfortunately, you're going to need uh, barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, uh, maybe some cable machines, a leg press, or a fully functioning uh, commercial gym or a strength facility. And what's what's nice about the coaching touch points is that you get to um, 
chat with me to make sure that you can hit the exercise appropriately. So if you're in a strength facility like mine that doesn't have a lot of machines, I can give you the input as, hey, maybe choose this exercise variation um, if you're working in this facility. Uh, if you're in a commercial gym, I'll give you some options to, to sort of have some variability in your movements uh, with machines, cables, that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's a very well versatile program that offers you um, a, a big bang for your buck and it's meant to get strong, jacked, build muscle, change your body composition, all of the above. It's, if you're, if you're looking to perform uh, your best, to look and feel your best, right? Like we're, we're talking about like packing on muscle, getting shredded, um, uh, getting strong in your main barbell movements and perfecting your skill and technique on these movements. Um, this program is for you. The only caveat to getting crazy results is your lifestyle and your habits and your recovery, your nutrition, and all the things that we talk about that make um, not only your fitness and your gains that much better, it makes your quality of life, your mental health way better when you can get into these daily habits that not only produce good quality gains, but also from a mental standpoint. If you're somebody who works uh, long hours, if you're somebody that's a business owner, if you're somebody that just works a nine to five and you just want to feel better and have more energy for when you get home to your kids or to your spouse, or if you're single and you go out and mingle, I don't know what you guys do. It just makes you a better all overall, better all, an overall better human is what I want to talk about. So um, Rebel Series is up for grabs. You can uh, go, uh, if you follow me on social media, on Instagram, common underscore original, you can find it on my uh, link in the bio, as we say on, on online. Or you can visit our website, uh, common.com. And of course, common is spelled C-O-M-M-X-N. So that's kind of what's new. Oh, I almost forgot. Um, I don't know why I'm excited about this. Maybe because it's been a while since I've actually had this type of machine in, in my facility. I purchased a brand spanking new lat pull down cable machine with a low cable row. Uh, and I'm super pumped, you know, and for anybody that kind of follow my journey, um, I, you know, like my, 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 my gym facility was more of what you would consider a, and I hate saying this word, but it was more of like a functional fitness, um, kind of garage gym vibe. And, uh, before I rebranded to common, we did a lot of strength conditioning classes. So like, like your general group fitness classes where we would have one coach per six to 10 members. And we would teach them how to, you know, uh, do all the barbell movements, all the strength movements, um, you know, conditioning. Um, and so it, it was more of that nature. So we, we had just like the, the, the bare bones, you know, like barbell squat racks, kettlebells, bands, that kind of stuff, because it was not only economical, but it also had a different vibe and a feel, um, for the classes that we were running. But now that we have a general membership facility, um, I'm realizing that, um, I'm missing a few key you know, uh, pieces of equipment that yield a big positive benefit uh, to a lot of just the general members that, that come in here. So the lap pull down machine was one of my top things that I wanted to purchase in the new year. I finally, uh, you know, uh, broke the bank and, and bought one and I'm super pumped for it to get here because it allows us to expand um, our movement variability. There's only so many pull-ups you can do, right? And like, you can't really only do pull-ups to get better at pull-ups. Like, yes, we can practice the skill of pull-ups, um, but you know, lat pull downs, um, in all variations are very beneficial. And of course, like we have the low cable row as well for like any type of horizontal row. And anytime we're using cables, there's less system fatigue, meaning you won't 
put that much um, impact on your nervous system because um, you're like, it's not very grip intensive. And, it, and we can really localize uh, certain muscles with it. So I'm super pumped for that to come in here. I'm actually geeked out. The next thing that I'm going to purchase, hopefully in the, in, the, in the near future, is a leg press machine. I talk a lot about the leg press machine and how valuable it is for just um, a lot of um, kind of general health benefits, but also from like a hypertrophy standpoint. Uh, that's going to be my next purchase, hopefully in the near future. But we'll, we'll see how, how that rolls out. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. What else is going on in my life? Uh, nothing else. Like... We can't do anything because we're in lockdown. I mean, like, not that I really care to do anything here in Windsor because it's pretty shitty. Um, and and my one favorite restaurant is no longer in Windsor, which is uh, a sad. For the side note, my my one favorite, um, or or it used to be my favorite restaurant because it's no longer here was Motor Burger. Shout out to Motor Burger who who's no longer here, and I'm super sad because it was just a really good vibe and and it was a, it was a good hangout spot. But anyways, I don't know why I got into that tangent. Yeah, because Windsor's a piece of shit. There's nothing to do in here. Um, and it's locked down. But anyways, let's move on from that. Let's get into uh, the first little bit too. Let's talk about the IG post that I posted on social media uh, last week. And we talked about, um, or at least I've been sort of thinking about this um, in the last several months as I see people um, getting into uh, training, whether they're working with a coach or they're uh, doing their own research and reading articles and kind of following programs. I've been seeing a lot of um, uh, people post about their tempo work. And if you're unfamiliar with tempo work, um, I'll kind of break it down very loosely here uh, in this podcast. But like, if you think about, uh, so like uh, the tempo of a movement or of an exercise, more so of a like um, like a strength movement, you can control the duration of each portion of the lift. And so, if you think of of when we do any type of uh, um, exercise, so let's just pick the bench press because everybody knows what the bench press is. There's the um, concentric portion of the lift, which is when you press the weight up off your chest. Um, and then you have the eccentric phase of the lift, which is the lowering down of the barbell towards your chest. Now, the tempo um, is uh, the duration in which we hold or or press or lift that weight um, in, in, in seconds. So it could be like, you know, three seconds, two seconds, one second, whatever the case may be. But part of this tempo or, or you, you'll always see four numbers in a tempo, right? So like you might see a one uh, a one one three zero, and um, you know, with the concentric and the eccentric component of the lift, there's also the isometric holds um, at each position of, of 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 those phases. So, for example, if we take the example of the one one three zero, the first number indicates the duration of how long you should press. So, in this case, for the example, the, the bench press. Uh, uh, if you're uh, lifting, uh, if, you're, if you're pressing the barbell off your chest, we want it to be a one count, so like a one second count. Uh, the second number, which is again one, that is the duration you're going to hold it before the eccentric phase. So you're going to hold it for about one second at the top. Um, and then the three, so the one, one, three, the three is the eccentric component. So the lowering down in this case of the bench press is going to be a three second count. So like a one, two, three. And then the fourth number, which is a zero. So one, one, three, zero. The zero is um, um, how long you hold the bar um, at your chest before starting the next repetition. And um, 
I feel like people overprescribe or trainers overprescribe tempo work um, in hopes of 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 creating um, some crazy amount of gains, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, and then also people will will think that hey, like I I got to make my program so complex. I've been reading up about um, tempos and um, you know a, a men's health article or maybe like a T Nation article came up about tempos and you know maybe I have to introduce it in my workouts. And and there's probably some validity in that. And I'll, I'll share my opinions as to when you should use it and when not you should and, and when you shouldn't use it. Um, you know, because it, it, it we sometimes forget that. You know, and I talk about this a lot in 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 my podcast and even in my socials and even to members that output and and your ability to raise the intensity of your workouts is your best bet if you're trying to build a lot of muscle and strength. And now there's many ways you can raise intensity, and intensity will be a byproduct of um, of 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 how you lift in a certain given exercise and I'm of the school of thought where it's like output is your best bet for getting almost 99% of the results that you're looking for which is muscle building some strength building and uh, if we if we look at what tempo does or, or, or if, if I look through the thought process of what of what I think people use tempo for they really use it for that eccentric component of the lift and if you look at one of the ways that you uh, stimulate muscle growth is through um, muscle damage. So that muscle damage or the micro tearing of the muscle fibers usually happen during the eccentric portion of the exercise. So if you look at the bench press, for example, um, the eccentric component is the lowering down of the weight towards your chest. And you know, muscle damage is known to uh, elicit a, a muscle building response, of course. Um, but I think if you only focus on the muscle damage for your workouts, um, you know, like it, it will cause a lot of system fatigue. It, it really will elicit a lot of fatigue for you to recover from. And not everything is worth recovering from. Or, or, or maybe... I should put it this way, like like you don't want to recover so hard because your training was so hard. That probably makes no sense. Um, you you want to recover from the things that give you the most bang for your buck. You don't want to recover for the sake of having to recover so much, right? And eccentric work, like if you did a full a full week of exercise where you did nothing but like really crazy long eccentrics, that would cause a lot of fatigue. Like you'd get a lot of soreness that you'd have to recover from. Which means that you wouldn't be able to work out as 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 well as you would want the next day or the next couple of days, um, and it just creates a lot of system fatigue where you're going to have to recover from, especially if your nutrition isn't isn't matching. So I would always recommend that, like, hey, like, put the output where you can to get the most bang for your buck. And the other way that you build muscle is through mechanical tension, and mechanical tension, in my opinion, um, is probably the the, the best way to get um, a, a simulation of muscle uh, growth because it allows you to create as much tension as possible. And so when we, when we say mechanical tension, loading the muscle um, through a range of motion uh, where you can load it so hard that it elicits that 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 um, muscle building response. And yes, you're going to get sore from that, um, but 
it, you won't be as sore as if you do like some crazy long eccentrics. So, so j- just to say that like eccentrics are a good p- part of, of, of your training program, but you also need to not only do that and focus more on the output. And I'm of the school of thought where I don't really care what the tempo is of the lift. If you're loading it correctly and if you're putting a lot of output, you're going to get muscle tension over time and that's going to listen to a muscle building response. Um, and the reason why I don't like tempo work is because it takes p- most people away from the output of an exercise and it makes them focus on dumb shit that doesn't really matter and it just creates more fatigue because, you know, so like for example, if you're doing a uh, barbell Romanian deadlift, before your glutes and your hamstrings can fatigue, your lower back's going to fatigue, your grip is going to fail, um, and you probably won't have enough mechanical tension on the hamstrings and on the glutes to elicit a meaningful um, stimulus. Now, um, tempos are beneficial for a couple things, you know, so if I'm, if I'm teaching somebody brand new about exercise or a position or a certain movement that they've never done before, I will slow down their tempo to make sure that they can find the positions that are meaningful to them. So let's say somebody's never squatted before. What I'll do is um, I'll have a tempo where it's um, I'll have them, you know, go maybe like two seconds um, on the way up of a squat. Um, I'll have them um, sink straight down for maybe like a, a five second eccentric. So they're going to lower themselves down to their squat for like five seconds. And I might have them pause in that bottom position for roughly three seconds just so that they can get that neural pattern, they can get their motor pattern going, they can start to feel the positions where they need to solidify for when they go into the big time weights. That is when I use my tempos, is when I'm trying to teach somebody a new skill or a new pattern, whether it's a new trainee, whether it's a youth athlete, or somebody that's detrained or coming from injury, I would use tempo that way. Uh, another way I would use it is, let's say we're doing some small stability work, um, you know, things that come to mind, like if I'm doing any shoulder stability, like uh, a kettlebell bottoms up press, um, even like a high cable bicep curl, positions where um, where we need to emphasize certain portions of that um, strength curve, um, that's when I would use it. So if I'm doing a bottoms up uh, overhead press with a kettlebell, I will probably want them to press that weight up, I don't know, one to two seconds up, but I might have them hold it up in the air to stabilize uh, their shoulder for about a three count, and then I'll have them lower that kettlebell down back to the starting position in a three count. So like, I would use it then. Um, When else would I use it? Oh, let's say somebody um, is deadlifting, but they lose position very quickly um, at the bottom. So like before they lift, uh, they're set up, they're queued up, they're stable, they pack their lats, uh, they stabilize their spine, they look good. But the moment they lift the barbell off the floor, they lose position. Their 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 backgrounds, or they lose tension with their lats. What I'll do there is I'll introduce a tempo like a a pause just below. Uh, the knee. So they'll, they'll, I'll have them lift. I'll have them pause for, let's say, two to three seconds in that tight position. And then they'll go through the lift. And that will reinforce that stability in that position that they're weak in. Um, you know, what I won't use um, temples for is for every exercise. And sometimes I'll look at, you know, if I have clients that come to me um, from, you know, 
from their own programming or from their own trainers. Um, I'll usually uh, get a glance at their programs if they if they share it with me, and I'll see a lot of like tempo for almost every exercise, and like this can get very redundant and tedious and. Um, like just very like mind consuming because not only are you counting your reps, you're also counting the tempo for every phase of the lift. And then you sort of lose the intent of the exercise. And I keep going back to like, you know, a lot of barbell movements, a lot of dumbbell movements. It's like you, you don't always have to count specifically like one second, two seconds, three seconds. Like if you, if you load it correctly, you're going to, um, have a certain tempo regardless because it's it's almost like a gatekeeper to it. Like you're going to automatically get to a tempo that is under control. And so if I'm doing like a um, a, a single arm uh, bent over dumbbell row and I'm going super heavy, well, like I'm going to, I'm going to work under control with stability and focus and, and, and not like rush the movement because I'm trying to hit a, uh, my lat. So if I'm, if I'm really trying to focus on hitting my lat, I will most likely um, like take the time to like pull the weight up so I can feel my lat. And then on the way down, I'll do somewhat of an eccentric of like, I don't know, one to two seconds, three seconds. Like, I don't really care much about it because at the end of the day, it's more about the output that I'm providing on that specific muscle. Um, you know, I'm not worried about is this a three seconds, it's a two second, because at the end of the day, if I progressively overload that that muscle with more and more weight, more tension, um, you know, better technique, right? That, that's a way that you can progressively overload a muscle is through a better intent, a better focus on your movement quality, then you're covering all your bases. But, you know, if I have to reduce the weight of an exercise to a sub-maximal load just so I can do a four count on my tempo work on, on, on the eccentric, well, I'm kind of like missing the force through the trees because I'm not really providing the output or the mechanical tension necessary to grow that muscle. Um, so I, 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 I don't really think people should be doing tempos for every exercise um, because it's just, it's, it's tedious, it's fatiguing, um, and and not the best way to approach your training. Um, what are your thoughts on that? If you guys have any questions along the lines, you can always send me a DM on social media. Um, if you want to, you know, continue this conversation and maybe give me some pointers as to like maybe I missed, maybe uh, maybe you're for all the tempo work and maybe you have some good insights. I would love to hear about it because I'm all about open discussion. Um, and and you guys can reach out anytime on my social. So if you're on Instagram, it is common underscore original. Common is spelled C O M M X N underscore original. And I'd love to continue the chat here about um, tempo work. But those are my thoughts on on tempo training. Um, you know, it's good. It's bad. It's kind of you know depends on on what your goals are. But uh, for, for the majority of us, we should just not really focus on it too much. Uh, just here and there when we're introducing new exercises, um, you know, if we're trying to solidify positions, um, if we're, you know, trying to stabilize certain joints, yeah, go for that. Um, okay, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. So now we had a member talk to us or actually ask us a question uh, just a couple days ago about uh, macros. More specifically, like, do I count my macros personally? Do I um, do it year round? When do I do it? Um, how do I take a break or how do I transition from the break period to doing it? Um, so I thought this would be a really good um, episode to share my thoughts on all that stuff because um, I'm sure a lot of you guys 
probably have that same question. Maybe you've been dabbling with some um, some weight loss or some muscle building and you kind of just want uh, more guidance on that. And like I said uh, in the beginning of this episode, I am not a dietitian. I am not a nutrition coach. It's um, I'm not trained in this, but I do dabble in helping my clients given uh, and giving them guidelines um, with like, you know, like macros and, you know, performance eating, right? Like learning how to eat certain foods to perform better. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. So I guess we should define what macros are. And I feel like macros has been a big buzzer for the last, I don't know, maybe like five to seven years, maybe five to six years. It, like macros has been been a, a, a bigger um, focus. And, and rightfully so, because it has some really good benefits to like body recomposition, which which we'll, we'll talk about in a second. But uh, a macro is a short form of macronutrient. And uh, this is like basic, uh, you know, if you've ever taken like a nutrition course or if you read any type of article on, on like men's health or even online or through socials, you, you'll always hear the term macronutrient. And there's three macronutrients. There's the there's carbohydrates, protein and fats. The micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, that kind of stuff are, are one thing, right? But, but most of our food is composed of carbs, protein, and fat. And we all need a certain amount of each um, in our, throughout our day. And this will be dependent on what your goals are. And, you know, macros always coincide with caloric intake. So there's some people that just say, I don't count calories. I just count my macros. And if you count your macros, you're essentially counting calories without really counting your calories because one gram of, of, of protein, carbs, or fat has a specific um, caloric value. So whether you're counting calories or you're counting macros, you're, it's pretty much the same thing, but it's not because counting macros can give you more of a benefit for body recomposition, um, you know, as you get better with your training. So I guess like, let's kind of dumb it down even to like just caloric intake. Now, if you look at like a lot of diets out there, they're, they're caloric restrictive. So like most diets work because you're restricting your caloric intake. You know, people that swear by keto, they think that the carbs are making them fat. Therefore they cut it out and, um, they start like losing a ton of weight and they're probably just restricting, like they're not eating any carbs, which means that you're not eating any of the palatable foods that really taste really good that make you over consume in them. Therefore, they're not consuming a lot of calories. And so they're dropping weight. It's not the fat that you're eating fat. You know, it's not, it's not that shit that, that helps you burn the fat. It's the fact that you're in a restrictive calorie. Same thing when it comes to like Atkins or, um, I don't know, the zone, I don't even know what, what, what diets are. If you're doing like even, um, uh, like intermittent fasting, all, all those diets work through caloric restriction. So if you're even weight watchers, right? Like the point system is caloric restriction. And so a lot of those diets just focus on weight loss. And some people just want to lose 10, 20, 30 pounds or, or more. And they can do that simply through caloric restrictions. So you just eat a little bit less than what you're burning. Um, and you're going to lose weight. And losing weight isn't the same as body recomposition. Because body recomposition means that you are... Um, or at least in, in, in my definition of body recomposition, you are building muscle so that you can 
um, burn the fat so you can reveal that muscle and look a certain way. And when I say look a certain way, we all know what that definition is in our mind. Maybe we have, you know, a, a broad general idea of what we say, like, um, body recomposition from a standpoint of like, you know, we're lean, we have some muscle tone, um, you know, we have a six pack or at least a semblance of a six pack or maybe like a two pack, your arms are defined, like like you, it's noticeable that you lift, it's noticeable that you work out um, and, and your body has recompositioned, recomposed, that sounds weird, recomposed, your, your body has changed from a skinny version to a beefy jacked shredded version. And I even stated this in my, in my episode, I think a couple episodes ago, I talked about how like when people do high intensity interval training style workouts, because they hear, well, high intensity has been shown to elicit a hormonal response that burns fat. Um, they assume, well, if I, or, or they might read a, a men's health magazine article saying, uh, do this hit style workout to torch fat. And it's like, man, I'm going to torch fat doing this. And so when I torch fat, um, that means I'm going to reveal all this muscle just like the magazine cover had and I'm going to just be shredded. But then what happens if you don't have any muscle mass to reveal? You're just going to be a skinnier version of yourself, which is totally cool if your goal is just general health and general um, weight loss, right? Like if your doctor says, hey, you should lose 25 pounds and, you know, like that's going to reduce a lot of um the issues that you probably have, you know, again, like always consult your doctor when it comes to weight loss for medical and health reasons. But, you know, we, we don't need that much exercise activity and and weight loss to elicit just some really good general health um, in our life. Everything that we want from a body recomposition and from a sort of aesthetics point, then it's like, we're just becoming greedy and we want more and more and more, right? You know, like, you don't need to be shredded with a six pack to be healthy, right? Like you just need to adopt certain habits like, you know, going for walks, uh, getting to sleep at a really reasonable hour and getting at least eight hours or trying to get eight hours. Um, you know, like watching your portion sizes, building those kind of habits has a big impact on your overall general health and well-being. Now, if you want to like pack on muscle and like perform well, then we're going to have to then kind of get into more of an in-depth look in your into your lifestyle, your nutrition, your recovery, and your training. So it kind of all goes together. So when somebody comes to me and says, hey, Mike, I want to kind of change the way I look or I want to, you know, get my first pull up. I want to look like I work out. I want to have some definition. I want to build my quads. I want to build my shoulders. I want to get some definition. You know, how do I do that? This is where we can introduce some uh, macro um, tracking, right? And and it kind of goes hand in hand with your caloric intake. So I kind of always track both. And if you can track both, then you kind of have this um, cross-referencing that happens that that makes it a little bit more um, easy to, to to understand. But for for example, let's say um, for you to maintain your body weight, let's do some simple math here. Let's say like you have to eat two thousand calories to maintain your body weight. Cool. Awesome. Um, you can, you know, just eat 2000 calories and not worry about your, your, your makeup of what macronutrient percentages or what, and you just kind of like, you know, eat whatever normal foods, a little bit of fun foods, a little bit of, you know, healthy foods. And it comes to 2000 calories. You're probably going to maintain your body weight. Um, 
and, and that's going to be fine, right? But let's say you want to actually pack on some muscle and some strength. Well, now we can start to manipulate your macronutrient profile to make sure that you're getting in enough protein, enough carbs for performance, and enough fat to sustain hormonal um, well-being and, and all the other intricacies that fat plays uh, a role in in our physiology. And so what, what we would do is, or at least what I do specifically, is when I'm, when I'm ready to... Um, figure out if I'm going to cut or bulk. And I kind of hate the term bulk. If I, if I want to just build some muscle, um, I'm first going to figure out what my maintenance calories are. And I always advise people that are coming in um, fresh off the street who haven't ever um, tracked their, their caloric intake is I like to do a minimum of a two week maintenance tracking. So, or, or almost like just track what you're currently eating in your lifestyle. So like, don't, don't change your lifestyle at all for two weeks but track everything you put into your body as specifically as possible. So that means that, you know, like I use, a, I use my fitness pal because if you buy, if, if you eat foods that are boxed with a, with a barcode, you can scan that barcode and it pre-populates on the app. You can search foods. If I'm eating raw foods, I'm, um, you know, I'm, if I'm cooking chicken, I'll, I'll weigh my chicken beforehand before cooking it. And then I'll, um, I'll, I'll input that. So there, there, there's ways of, of tracking it. That's not so tedious. Um, so like you would just track what you're eating for two weeks straight. And based off of those two weeks, you're also going to weigh yourself and you're going to see, did you gain weight? Did you lose weight? Um, or did you maintain your weight? And that's a very valuable resource because now you know where you're starting from. If you've lost weight, but you're trying to gain weight, well, maybe you have to up your calories. If your goal is to, um, lose weight, but you're gaining that tells you that you're eating too much. If you're maintaining, perfect. Now you can kind of build from there whichever way you want to go. Um, so it's kind of like the first step is get yourself to know what your maintenance is because I feel like a lot of people um, are on like chronic diet mode. They're, they're dieting for like, you know, five years, 10 years, chasing this ideal of like uh, kind of being quote unquote shredded or they're always trying to lose the last 10 pounds and they can't seem to get it. Sometimes what happens is you are under eating so much that it doesn't matter what, or, or what I should say is, you know, like if you're not, um, if you're not producing or expending enough energy, you're not you won't be able to eat as much as you would like, which me, which makes your dieting that much difficult because let's say your maintenance is 1,500 calories and now you have to cut, let's say, 250 to 500 calories from that. You're only going to be eating roughly like 1,000 calories a day and you're going to be miserable. You're probably going to start binging on foods that, um, that, that, that you probably shouldn't be eating because you're just so ravenous and you're so miserable and you're so stressed and your body is just craving food. So at that point, like we have to increase energy expenditure so that you can increase your maintenance calorie output so that you can eat a little bit more, right? And so, th so this is where we kind of go in depth with with each individual that 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 I coach is, hey, like what's your set point? What's your starting point? Um, right, so once you figure that out, then we can kind of get into the macros. So so what I do for my macros personally, and this can vary from from individual to individual. Um, I'll do uh, roughly 45 to 50% of carbohydrates because I perform my best when I have carbohydrates in my system. If I'm going to put the output and the intensity in my training, I need to eat carbs. Otherwise, I feel flat. I feel lethargic. Um, I don't perform well at all. Uh, then I go into 30% roughly of protein. 
and that coincides with being roughly one gram per pound of body weight of protein. And, and you hear me speak about that a lot is one gram per pound of body weight of protein. And then for fats, it's anywhere between 20 and 25% of, of, of fat coming in, into my body. Now, usually what I really focus on when it comes to um, body recomposition for myself is um, calories and protein. Those are the two things that I'm really on top of. The carbohydrate and the fats will be sort of reciprocal. They'll kind of go up and down depending on on how I feel day to day, on if I'm working out or not working out. Um, I, I just kind of like fluctuate that and, and, and loosely um, allow those carbs to go up or down. Same thing with the fat, up or down. But protein and calories are always going to be equated for, and those are the driving forces that I'm always going to think about. Um, now, some people, you know, prefer you know, like 30% carbs or 40% carbs. It just depends on what your activity level is and, and what you prefer from a, from a lifestyle standpoint, right? Like I'm not a big keto fan just because I like Nutella, pizza, bread, bagels, and all the good tasting foods in the world. So like, why would I cause so much anxiety and stress on myself when I just want to enjoy food? And I'm a big believer that if you track your macros, if you track your caloric intake, you can pretty much eat whatever foods you want as long as you're within that range. And of course, like you're not just going to want to eat Snickers all day because number one, you're going to be pooping like a shithead. Um, you probably, you probably won't be able to poop because you'd be constipated. Um, you're not getting any micronutrients or you're not getting like the nutrients that you need and you're not getting enough protein in, right? That just, it's common sense, right? But I always say like, Hey, like if somebody really wanted to lose weight off of just eating Snicker bars all day, just eat it within a certain amount of calories that, that, that are in a deficit for you. And you're probably going to drop Wait, you're probably not going to be the healthiest per- person, but from a number standpoint, yeah, it might it might actually work. But I don't, I don't advise eating Snickers. Please don't. Um, that just sounds gross. Like it probably sounds fun for the first two meals, but then like eating it for dinner, probably not. Um, so I don't know where I was going with that. Um, but yeah, so like yeah, protein and calories are always equated for. Now, the body recomposition thing is super important because now that so like. It all goes hand in hand. Your training, your recovery, and your nutrition all have to be um, um, synced up so that you can get the result you're looking for. And because people are always chronically dieting, because it just seems like we're in this diet culture, nobody really seems to focus on performance, even though now it's becoming more readily um, talked about uh, online, which is which is great. But but I think the vast majority of people still don't understand that like diet culture is still super prevalent. People kill themselves over it literally through through anorexia at extreme cases. But then like their mental health suffers because they're always chasing those five, 10 pounds and they're never happy with themselves. It's like, guys, you're never going to be happy by always losing the last couple pounds. You think you're going to be happy, but like you're chasing an ideal that probably isn't really realistic. But if you shift your focus more on like, hey, like you can still burn fat, build muscle and look a certain way if you put in steps and, and habits in place, right? And this all goes down to if you don't want to do it, no one's forcing you, right? So like it, nobody's saying you have to count, track calories, macros, or even exercise for that matter. But, you know, you guys are here listening to this podcast probably because you guys want great results. And so I'm here telling you exactly what you should be doing to get the best results possible. So um, from a macro standpoint, the, the reason why I, I, I prefer, um, you know, obviously tracking calories, but also your macros, because now we can start to put in um, <clears throat> the right foods to help you perform at your best 
for your goals. So typically the way I like to do this, because, you know, I said in the, the, the first step was, hey, track your maintenance calories. A couple weeks, track what you're eating and see what happens to your weight. Is it going up? Is it going down? Or is it staying the same? So the way I like to structure my programming or my training, and typically like my, my training stays relatively the same year round, no matter what phase I'm in. It's my recovery that changes, that elicits a different stimulus to, to how my body responds or how it builds muscle or burns fat. So um, I, I like taking um, my training uh, to like, or, or like my lifestyle as like one year, right? If you think of like a one-year calendar as opposed to a six-week um, transformation, right? And you always see people that talk about like, oh, six-week transformation to build muscle, burn fat, and get lean. Well, you can't do all that in six weeks. Maybe if you're already at a um, high level of muscle mass and you have low body fat percentage, and let's say you're competing or maybe like you're a fitness model that has to do a photo shoot in six weeks, yeah, you you can man- manipulate your training and your, your, your nutrition to drop an extra five pounds here and there of body fat so you can get shredded for your um photo shoot but that's not what i'm talking about here i'm talking about like those that start from scratch or from near scratch somebody that is you know has worked out for the last two three years but never really got into a consistent strength program never really like they, they, they kind of dabbled on like hit circuits on functional fitness facilities but they never really adopted a, a strength and hypertrophy program so what i would do is you know and, and i do this my i do this personally is that I, I i i schedule like a year of 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 like lifestyle so you know, instead of going straight to cutting you know, or, or like a cut phase or a diet phase because you haven't built enough muscle to get the body recomposition going, what I would do is I would spend like a good four months on a muscle building lifestyle. So, you know, going on a little bit of a surplus. Now, you don't have to stuff your face every hour on the hour with like cheeseburgers and and milkshakes before bed and all this like bro science stuff like the surplus doesn't have to be that much maybe like 100 200 calories above your maintenance level that way your body has the um, energy to build the muscle right and especially if you're taking in one gram per pound of body weight of protein you're taking in your carbs so you can perform well um and and then you have your fat so you can sustain you know like just general like health with with your hormones and, and all that kind of stuff so maybe your first four months or so of, of of your year is like trying to pack on as much muscle as you can because we know that building muscle is very, very difficult. It requires not just, you know, six weeks or, or, or eight weeks or, or one year. It takes multiple years and it compounds over time. So maybe your first phase is more of a, like a strength hypertrophy phase where, you know, you're taking in enough calories, you're, you're getting your recovery in and you're, and you're noticing that, Hey, like I'm getting beefier. I'm, 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 I'm bulking up. My arms are filling time. My quads are building up. What I would suggest after that is getting to a maintenance phase after your four weeks, uh, sorry, your, your four months, three or four months of, of training for strength and hypertrophy, allow your body to sort of create a set point. Your maintenance calories will kind of help you drop a little bit of body fat from what you gained over the course of those four months of putting on some muscle, um, but it's not going to deteriorate your gains that you made throughout that that bulk phase. And those four months or three months, however long you want to do um, that maintenance phase, is your time to really solidify your movements. You're still going to get strong. You're still going to pack on muscle if you take in adequate amounts of protein, but you create that set point 
to allow your body to continue um, to get strong and build some muscle in that. Once you've done that, and, that, and that's going on about like six to eight months, then you can get into a cut phase where now you can start to um, kind of shape your body so that you can look a certain way, right? Like if you want to define your arms or your legs or your six pack, you just have to drop the body fat so you can re- reveal your muscle. So that's when you would go into a calorie deficit and you would, you know, adjust your macro so that you're still taking in high amounts of of protein, right? We're always saying one gram per pound of body weight, even during a cut phase, because that's how we're going to preserve muscle. It's how we're going to still stimulate uh, like um, muscle synthesis or protein synthesis to, to create muscle. Um, but we're going to start to reduce your body fat. And this is like, this is going to be highly dependent on, you know, where you're starting from, right? If you have a lot of body fat to drop, um, you can be kind of aggressive with your your deficit, provided that you're not, um, you know, really under eating. Um, and if you have a little bit of body fat to, to, to drop off, then you can like just have a little restrictive um, intake. That way you can still kind of pack on a little bit of muscle or at least preserve and maintain muscle while you're slowly dropping body fat. So this will be dependent on, on where you're starting from, right? Everyone's going to have a different set point, a different metabolic rate, a different sort of system. But by, by tracking, you're really going to understand how your body responds to different phases. It's going to, uh, it's going to teach you how you respond to eating high carb, low carb. Um, do you perform better with high carbs versus low carb? Like there's just a lot of things that you can gain perspective on, um, with tracking your macros. Um, and, and then, you know, once that cut phase is done, then you can even do a little bit of a maintenance phase for a month or two. So you can create another set point and create some stability within your metabolic rate. And then guess what? The second year happens and you go through that process again, right? And if you can compound year after year after year of going through a, uh, you know, like a hypertrophy strength program and then into a maintenance and then to a cut phase, you know, and then you keep compounding that over time, that's when you start to change the way you look. You, it, it requires, you know, like it's almost like, um, you know, saving for your retirement. Like it compounds year after year. And same thing with, with your body composition. It requires you to put in some effort with that. Now, um, you know, I don't, I don't really do that year round because I've done it enough where now I can kind of ballpark and I'm kind of loose with my macros and loose with my um, caloric intake. But I still maintain a high level of protein, one gram per pound of body weight every single day so that I can maintain um, my strength and my muscle, right? Um, but like, if, 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 if I'm, so I guess personally, the question was even, uh, this member was asking me like, like how do I transition and how long do I do it for? And so last time I did, um, uh, last time I counted my calories and my macros was last summer and I did it for about three, four months and I was roughly at a maintenance phase. I didn't want to lose. I didn't want to gain. I kind of wanted to just kind of hover around where I was maybe build a little bit of muscle, but kind of just like perform well. So I was counting my maintenance calories and my macros, making sure that I was getting a gram per pound of body body weight of protein. And um, around September, so I started probably what, June, July, August. Yes. So by the end of September, I kind of stopped and I was just ballparking what I was eating because, you know, after about four months of doing it, I kind of ate the same things. I knew what the portions were and um, I just kind of like loosely... Um, went into my training knowing that, okay, like I'm, I'm trying to bulk up a little bit. I want to maintain my strength or build some strength. So like, I'm just going to allow my performance to dictate how I feel and how I'm going to calibrate my nutrition. And that's why like, I always advocate to like 
count your calories or or at least get familiar with portion size because it's it gives you a knowledge that you can carry on for the rest of your life. You, you like you can ballpark portions um, once you get to like your maintenance and you kind of want to stay where you're at with your body. Then you can kind of like just fluctuate here and there. And you know like once you know what your maintenance is, then you can kind of tiptoe that line. So like if your maintenance is 2000 calories just for the ease of, of use. Well, let's say like you want to bulk up for a couple, you know, like for, for a couple months, you know, you can probably hover up to like 21, 2200 calories. If you, if you're getting kind of soft and you want to lean out a little bit, you can, you know, go to like 19, 1800 calories and you can kind of fluctuate. You can kind of tiptoe that line. And that's what's so nice about having that maintenance set point is that you allow yourself to go either way. If you don't know what your set point, if you don't know what your maintenance is, then like, you're kind of just guessing and trying to trying to catch fish without any bait, really. Um, so, so re- really take the time to to learn how to count your calories. You know, and, and one thing that I often get as a pushback on that is that it's like people think that counting calories is automatically a um, eating disorder, and not necessarily because yes, you know, could counting calories lead to eating disorders? Of course it can, just like a lot of other things can lead to eating disorders. Um, but if you're approaching it with a good mindset um, of a education standpoint and as a knowledge, not as an obsessive, like counting every single piece of like whatever that you're consuming, um, I think it's very beneficial. Same thing with like weighing yourself on a daily basis. I think that can um, help you sort of just kind of manage the day-to-day of, 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 your, of your kind of weight loss or muscle building goals. Um, and the second pushback that I get is that it's too much work. You know, ah, oh, it's too much work. I, I just, I, I can't because they have these self-limiting beliefs that, you know, um, that it's just too much work, right? They, they, they just can't bother. And like the way I like to approach it is it's like, you know, if you're trying to save money to buy a car or if you're trying to save money to go um, on vacation or whatever the case may be, like you're going to do your bookkeeping in your account. You're going to track what's going into your bank account and what's leaving. And if you're overspending you're not going to save enough money at the end for your trip if you're saving enough money on a weekly basis you can go on two trips let's say right so same thing with your caloric um, intake it's like just track it doesn't mean you have to track it for the rest of your life you're just doing it right now to get a certain result and i think that's what people have to shift their mindset on it's not a forever thing it's a let me get to where i want to get let me then transition off of counting and let me still create these right and this is a good point and I kind of thought about this along the way here now, just, just off the top of my head is while you're counting your macros and your calories, you're also setting habits for yourself. And it's these habits that are going to carry on into your lifestyle. So if you have to, you know, count your calories and your macros for the first four months, because you're just trying to learn what a portion of eight ounce chicken looks like, well, before you cook it, you chop it up, weigh it, you know, put it in your MyFitnessPal, and now you have a rough estimate. If you're eating chicken for the four months, and, and most people eat chicken quite a bit, you're going to get a, a, an eye for what eight ounces of chicken looks like. So you're building these habits of understanding what portion size really is. And unless you you educate yourself on that, you, you don't know what portion size is, you know, especially if you go out, like, if you go out to a restaurant um, and you want to just have like a normal meal, Sometimes you're over consuming just on the basis that it's just a big portion of food. Like it could be healthy salmon, healthy vegetables, healthy rice, but maybe the portion size isn't right for you. So you have to kind of ballpark. Okay, well, if I know that at home, eight ounces of chicken or salmon is this, this looks like it's like 10 ounces. I might just bring some home, whatever kind of thing, right? So you can always, um, you know, figure out 
that as as you get better with it. So that's kind of like my my take on macros. I didn't really go that in depth with it because I'm not a a, a dietitian or a nutrition coach. I wanted to give you like my perspective on 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 how I use macros myself. And I think the pivotal change for myself, but also for a lot of my members, is thinking of their training as a year, two years, three years, not just six weeks, right? Like we we all read the hey, uh, yeah, six-week challenge to to get into your bikini. It's like, yeah, maybe that works if you're already at that point where you have enough muscle to reveal and you're at a low body fat percentage where you can kind of drop a couple pounds and then you actually see the changes. But for most people that start from scratch or have no muscle mass, take the time to build some muscle because it doesn't happen overnight. Like it requires a lot of effort to build muscle, you know, and, and like you're not going to build that much muscle in four weeks unless you're on some type of um, performance enhancing drug. But if you do this naturally, give yourself all the time in the world to build muscle um, because like, why not? That's how I'm going to end it. Why not? Um, and just and just to kind of be clear on this before I get people um, kind of giving me shit on, on this, I'm not saying that you have to look a certain way or that you have to... Uh, 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 have a certain body fat percentage to be worthy of love and all that stuff, whatever. Cause you know, I think people get kind of people throw shade at people that take care of their health and their body and their physique and have physique goals. Right. And we've kind of shifted away. I feel like, I feel like people don't want to talk about the things that every human talks about, which is I want to look good. Like there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good as long as it doesn't, overpower the rest of your life it doesn't um you know trickle into your relationships it doesn't trickle into your fulfillment it doesn't trickle into um your self-worth as a person like i still want you guys to know that i don't care if you're a 500 pounds a thousand pounds ten thousand pounds you're human and you deserve all the love and happiness and and all that stuff right so like just know that there's there's no right or wrong. It's just whatever you want. Just like I want a successful business. Does that make me a good or bad person? I don't know. Who cares? It's just it's it's one of my goals, right? Now, the amount of money that I make doesn't define what kind of person I am, right? It just it's just it's a byproduct of hard work. And so if you want to work hard on your body and you want to eat a specific way, go for it. Like I, I applaud you because it can teach you some valuable resources and some valuable tools that you can carry on in the rest of your life. Just don't let it become this obsessive compulsive thing where it's like your self-identity and your self-worth becomes part of it. Um, it's just an extension of your life. Like, you know, just like you drive your car to work, you're going to eat an apple as opposed to a donut. Like it's just, it's part of your life, right? Um, yeah. What do you think, guys? Uh, give me some feedback on this episode. Um, if you want me to bring on like a nutrition expert, a dietitian, and we, if you want to go more in detail about this, but um, l- let me know. I-, I would love to hear your your comments, your feedback on this episode. Um, and if you have any questions regarding what I talked about or anything else with my coaching or the Rebel Series, um, you can send me a DM on Instagram. I'm always on my phone. I'm always on social media, so um, you can probably catch me anytime except at night. At night, I, I turn my phone off so you won't see me uh, responding to your messages in the evening. Uh, but throughout the day, I'm always on my phone. Um, send me a DM. I would love to chat and continue this conversation. You can always catch any of my services or kind of you can kind of read about what we're about on my website, www.common.com 
C-O-M-M-X-N. You can check us out on social media, on Instagram, common underscore original. That's where I post all my content and kind of like things that that I'm working on. Um, And yeah, this was a fun chat. Let me know if you like it and we will catch you on the next episode. Remember, as always, much love. Keep raging. Peace.